I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'll be bringing you content about self-discovery, how people find their purpose, live joyfully, and make an explosive impact on those around them. The podcast at its core is centered around health and wellness, but I want to start by learning from people that light up my life personally, laugh a lot, and then I want to have conversations with people that change the way we dream and empower us to leap forward. I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's leap in. Hello and welcome back to Learn, Laugh, Leap. So today I brought somebody over here that lights up a room effortlessly. When I picture her, she is wearing a big smile and she's inspired me in many different ways. She reminds me to be happy and laugh more. And she's also been a real inspiration in my fitness journey. She got me excited to work out in a group fitness setting and then pushed me and mentored me when I wanted to become a spin instructor. So I'm excited to have Olivia on today's show. Hi, Olivia. Hello, Shannon. I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for doing this. So what I wanted to do is just kind of start back in your early days and how fitness even came into your life and what inspired you to become a group fitness instructor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is seriously really fun. (laughs) Like, This is pretty cool. So my fitness journey probably starts about six years ago now. Um, I was finishing up graduate school for my speech and language master's, and I went to a gym and started going to group fitness classes, and they were my lifeline. It was like the one thing I was doing that wasn't related to school. Um, Did you go by yourself? I did go by myself at first, but, um, you know, I lived in Uptown, Minneapolis then, and so I had a lot of friends that lived by me, so a bunch of us started going, which was really fun. So yeah, I started going to group fitness classes and realized that that was going to be my primary way of working out. Mm -hmm. You know, I listened to a lot of your podcasts, and it seems like everybody talks about having an active lifestyle from childhood on. Mm -hmm. I didn't. (laughs) Really? Yeah, like I listened to that, and I think, wow, that's interesting. That's different than me. I mean, yeah, I grew up in a rural town in South Dakota, and it just, I mean, I did dance. Dance was my thing. Okay. But as for active... What kind of dance? Well, I did jazz, hip-hop, and then I, in high school, I did palm, and... I think you've told me that before. Yeah, you know, like, sometimes I admit that I was a cheerleader, and sometimes I don't. I guess I'm admitting it now. You're admitting it now. (laughs) Sorry, guys. It's true. (laughs) Which, if you come watch me instruct, you'd probably see that. (laughs) Um, So, palm is dance with, like, a cheerleading aspect, so it's sharp moves, Um, sometimes there's a cheer in the middle of it. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the aspects of dance I did, but that was my only, my only working out or only form of exercise. I never did sports. Um, I did softball till junior high, but I really sucked. Like my dad was my coach and he'd even say I really was kind of, I know, love him to death, but I just, you know, I played with my hair a lot and really just wanted to hang out with my friends. (laughs) You're one of those dandelion pickers in the (laughs) back. I was like, why am I always in right field, Dad? (laughs) So that's that. So that didn't last very long, or how long did you play softball? I played until junior high. 
Okay. Yeah. And then I did volleyball in junior high. Oh, I did track in eighth grade. That was miserable. Ooh. I got last in every race I ran. No way. Every race That's I ran. That's so discouraging. So discouraging. Why did you even continue it? Because like... my mom said we weren't quitters. She oh. wouldn't let me quit. Well, there you go. There's a source of inspiration. <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. Oh. Um, they had to make a special participation award for me because I never got eighth place or better. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's you can laugh about it now. Yeah, because I've run a freaking marathon now. So I'm going to tell yeah. that to my eighth grade coach. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that you even picked running back up after that whole, like, scarring experience. It was very scarring. I'd, like, throw up every day before practice because I didn't oh want to Oh, my go. gosh. So, yeah, you know, I grew up trying all these different things, but it, it wasn't a priority in my family to work out or be healthy. Um, you know, time together was super important to us and, you know, meals together was big, but I grew up on a meat and potato diet, your classic mm-hmm. rule diet. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have told you what a carb was or a fat or a protein or whatever, macros and micro. Like, I would not have been able to know it. I didn't okay. know any of that. So I would say like, for me, my personal health and fitness journey really started that last year in grad school. Um, I mean, through college, I'd work out a little bit, but I, you know, I was drinking and eating pizza mm-hmm. like everybody else. Yeah. You know, I gained so much weight in college. Like, I so much that. weight. Holy smokes. It was crazy to me <laughs> how much weight I could gain. I don't even like looking back on those pictures because oh, it's like you, there was no like realization, I guess, mm-hmm. that it was just exploding. Yeah. No awareness <laughs> until I saw my face so in a picture. Terrible. And I was like, ooh, those are some cheeks. <laughs> Good old chipmunk cheeks. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, six years ago is probably when my personal journey started. So was there something that triggered that group fitness motivation? Like, why did you start going to class? Graduate school was so different for me. Not saying that other things were easy, but in essence, like high school and college were easy for me. You know, I it wasn't difficult to get through. And I think graduate school was this new thing that I started, you know, comparing myself to other people or started saying, oh, you got what grade on that? Or, oh, I didn't know you added how many more pages. And it was Hmm. like this competitive nature of education that I had never Experienced. experienced before. And I think that's when I realized that I probably have some anxiety because <laughs> it just <laughs> blew up. I mean, grad school is when I really realized that I'm at risk and have a lot of tendencies of anxiety and attention and things like that. What was it in graduate school that made you so anxious? Why did you care about what other people were doing at that point? Gosh, you know... I've had years of therapy trying to figure that out, Shannon. (laughs) And what has the therapist told you? I think being that busy and that um, amount of pressure I put on myself was different than anything else in my life. And I think before I was able to cover that stuff up, you know, in college, I would cover it up with being social, hanging out with friends, drinking, you know, just all the stuff you would do Mm -hmm. to kind of get away from what you were really dealing with. And graduate school, I moved here by myself. I knew very few people. I went to the University of Minnesota for graduate school. And um, I think I had to be with myself. And I had to be with my thoughts and my perceptions. And I couldn't just be social all the time. Mm -hmm. Because of that, that's when I really started to see where some of my stress and struggles lie. And that was tough. That was really hard. I mean, I would say that 
I mean, even ask my mother. I was probably clinically depressed those two years in grad school. Interesting. She, I mean, my mom said she was never so happy as the day I got out because I would stop calling her crying then. What do you think your friends thought about you? Like, what was their perception? Were you happy on the outside? That's a really good question. I know that people I met in Minneapolis would have never guessed. I've had people tell me that, especially with my blog now and I'm writing about past experiences. I've had people say I would have never known that you were struggling that much. But now my close friends, my best friends, especially my best friends from college, they knew. They knew something was going on. And I remember there was a moment where my best friend Channing said, I don't know if I can help anymore. As in, I don't know what I can say anymore. And she said it in such a loving way to the point where I was like, wow, I didn't even realize what I probably sounded like to my outlets. Mm -hmm. You know, like her and my mom. And, you know, I had these outlets where that's what I really was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I think it took hearing that and seeing that to know that I was probably in a pretty rough place. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get out of it? Honestly, that led me to group fitness. Yeah. And going to classes and just feeling like a part of a community and understanding what exercise actually does for you. Like I'd never experienced the endorphins like that before and just leaving feeling happy and healthy and looking forward to it. Hmm. Um, So group fitness was huge. Um, And then the other thing I think that helped me get out of it was a schedule, like a normal life after grad school, getting a job, finding structure, um, having a daily plan. I mean, grad school's so up and down. You're constantly switching classes. You're constantly changing your clinical placements. You know, I'm working with one semester I'm with pediatrics. The next semester I'm with adults with stroke or after a stroke. And so you're just all all up and down over. As much as I want to say I'm an adventurous and I like spontaneity and I like doing something on the fly, I really like my schedule. <laughs> I like knowing what the hell I'm doing every day. day. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think getting a 40-hour-a-week job and then finding myself through group fitness really helped me to come out of that because it was built in moments every day where the things were predictable and I didn't have to be anxious about something or stressed about something because it was going to be predictable for me. Mm -hmm. That really helped. Was there a specific instructor that inspired you to become one yourself? So there was one instructor that pulled me out of class once and she said, you should really teach. Oh, were you always in the front? Why did she say that? I was in the front and I think you know this, instructors that can't keep a beat, like you can (laughs) have a million people that want to be instructors, but if you can't like hear a beat. Yeah. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. And I think she knew that I could feel the beat and hear the beat, which probably is my dance background. Um, (laughs) Palm. But palm, you know, palm, palm time. Uh, So that and yeah, I think she was like, I just feel like you'd be really good at this. And I was like, hell no, I'm not going to stand up there in front of people and do this. So when she approached you, you did not think you never had that in the back of your head. Like, oh. Maybe no. I could be an instructor. Definitely not. Okay. She t- pulled me and my friend Krista out and Krista was like, never. I was like, yeah, for sure. Never. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that instructor, her name is Molly and she trained me. I mean, she kind of really? took me under her wing and trained me in some different formats. I didn't start with cycle. I started with strength classes. Mm-hmm. 
And so she trained me in some different strength formats that were available at the gym that I was at at the time. Is that what she taught? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's what she taught. Um, So yeah, I kind of got into it and started teaching. I remember my first class was Tuesday night. It was an all strength class with dumbbells and I'll never forget how nervous I was. Like, you know the feeling. Oh Oh, my gosh. I think Annie said it so well because she teaches yoga and she's like, the day I don't have GI issues before my classes is the day I know I've arrived. Oh my gosh. That is so funny that you say that because sometimes it still happens to me, but like particularly in those first few months, it was like I used the bathroom probably three times before I taught. Like right before I'm like, come on stomach, get together. And then you have that fear that it's going to happen during class. Yeah, but like, I, I do remember um, the first class that I taught, I felt confident up to the point where class was ready to start. Yeah. And then I almost blacked out. And then I thought, what am I doing here? But like, somehow I got through the class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank God. Mm-hmm. I didn't oh, I remember. I remember you preparing for your first class. Oh that was fun. Yeah, so. Olivia helped me and kind of mentored me on how to teach my first spin class. And it was like the structure of the class and like, where do I even start? I'm so thankful to you for that because I couldn't have done that alone. I mean, it's interesting when you go to a group fitness class and the instructor makes it look seamless, right? But what people don't realize is how much work, especially as cycle instructors, Mm because it's all about the music. Mm -hmm. Like Chris said this in your podcast too. And as instructors... People don't realize how much of your heart and soul goes in to that playlist and that planning. Mm -hmm. And what makes you such a great instructor is like you did the work in the beginning. I kind of started and just was like throwing shit together, right? Because I didn't know what I was doing and I had no cycle instructor mentors at the time. Yeah. Um, And I just knew that I loved music. I knew that I loved to beat and I knew that I was better than a lot of the other people I saw doing this. (laughs) Chris said that. I was like, I know that feeling when you're like, I can do it better than than what you're doing right now. (laughs) I do feel like there's something to just being prepared because yes. if you go in, I mean, now it's easier to kind of fake it because yeah. I've done it so many times, but like in the beginning, I probably practiced the same routine over and over yeah, like you did. 20 times. I felt bad for you. I was like, oh, I can't wait till she comes to the day where she just whips it up over yeah. her lunch break. Okay. So what was that first strength class like? So Shannon, it's funny that you say you blacked out a little because I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh I remember gosh. being really nervous. I remember constantly looking at my notes, but <laughs> I don't really remember. What Did- I do remember is the next class I taught, four people came back. They were telling me, like, that was so much fun, like, your oh. energy, your personality. And that was when I realized, like, Everything else in instructing, like, yes, you get trained, you learn these things, you take continuing ed, all of that jazz. Yep, everybody has to do that. But I think what my thing will always be is my personality. Mm, Like, that's what will keep people coming back. I totally agree. Because I knew nothing then about this, you know, the structure. I was trained in this one format. I knew nothing about health and fitness in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But my personality is what brought those four people back. Totally. So that's what I've always held on to with instructing is, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to get the GI issues, but people keep coming back, so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's important to have some good BMs before you go in, but. Absolutely. um, 
no, that is something that that stuck with me about your classes. And that is part of the reason that kept me coming back was the energy that I felt Mm -hmm. when I went there. Because sometimes you never know, like, what kind of mood you're going to be in before you come into class. And sometimes you probably don't even want to be teaching. You've had a hard day, a long day, whatever. But you always came in with a smile. You're laughing. You're, you know, motivating people. Let's go, guys. You know, like, pick it up. And mm-hmm. and that does it for me. Like, that's yeah. enough for me to want to come back, regardless I mean, of what you're teaching. That's group fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we walk into those damn rooms. Yep. Like, you're the same way. And, and you know just as well as I do, you might be driving to the gym, and you know you're not really in the mood to teach that night. Mm-hmm. And you walk in, and you see your members, and you get your music going, and 100% of the time, I can switch. And I can get in it. I don't know. I feel like that's the beautiful part of instructing because the members get a lot out of it, but I get so much from them when I'm up there. Like that's what puts the smile on my face. Oh, you know, like you have like last Tuesday, I had 50 people walk into my cycle Holy studio. Holy smokes. Yeah. Go first live. of all, Lifetime cycle studios are freaking <laughs> huge. I'm like, why are there 62 bikes in here? It, it gives you so much confidence. Like, Hey, <sighs> these people are here to hang out with me for an hour. Sweet. Yeah. And you don't get to be grouchy. Like, you don't have that luxury when you have all these people coming in to be healthy with you. Mm -hmm. And if that's not inspiring to put you in a good mood, then I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what puts me in the good mood. It's not who I am every day, but it's when I walk into that space, who I become. Do you watch that show, Riding in Cars with Comedians? And grabbing coffee. coffee. Yes, (laughs) shout out to Joe, because he loves that show and it got me. Oh, hey Joe. Yeah, he got me into it. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Did you guys watch the one with Jimmy Fallon? Joe, did we watch the one with Jimmy Fallon? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. He probably did. My point of bringing that up is... Seinfeld was asking him, do you ever not feel like doing the show? And he's like, oh, absolutely. Because he does it five nights a week. So, of course, you're going to have those days. But he goes, but when it switches for me, that my mentality is when the curtains open. And I see Mm. all these people are here for me. And Mm -hmm. then he's like, welcome, 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 welcome. Like, that's into his element. Yes, exactly. I would (laughs) say. I mean, I'm not on the late night show, but. I mean, we practically are, Shannon. (laughs) Practically are. Practically. You jump on that bike. Woo! It's like late night TV. It's awesome. (laughs) Under the lights. (laughs) From group fitness, now there are so many other Mm -hmm. things that have happened in your life that are really exciting. So one of the things that that you started within the last year was Live Your Light. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that. Yeah, so a little over a year ago, I started um, LiveYourLight.com. So it's L-I-V, Your Light, like Like Live, like Mm -hmm. my name. (laughs) Um, And it was started because I had... A lot of people telling me that I need to write the things down that I'm saying to them. Um, I feel like throughout my life, I've always been somebody that my friends come to for advice and some to talk to. I think that I'm fairly good at getting deep very fast, almost to the point where it's uncomfortable for some people, (laughs) but it's just who I am. I'm a thinker and an analyzer and that's what I do. And so because of that, more and more people were telling me to spread this, you know, spread the light, so to say. And I I guess it kind of got to the point where I was settled in my job. I, I love my job as a speech therapist. And I was settled, you know, in Minneapolis and with Joe. And I just felt like things were calming down. And I thought it was a good time to start something new. And that's where LiveYourLight.com was born out of. And it's, it's a blog based on um, health, nutrition, and wellness. 
And it's based on what I have learned throughout my career as a speech-language pathologist um, in regards to nutrition and food and feeding intake, which you'd be surprised. But yes, speech-language pathologists do that. Hmm. Um, And then it also comes out of all of my, you know, my fitness certifications and all my continuing ed through fitness. And then most recently, it's coming out of my health coaching certification that I completed last month. Yeah. So I want to, I do want to talk about the health coaching but go back to nutrition and how mm-hmm. you learn about that through speech pathology. Yeah, so that's interesting. So speech pathology, one of the sects of speech pathology is called dysphagia. So it's like swallowing disorders. And you you primarily work with adults and peds. Adults mostly like after stroke or a traumatic brain injury and you get their swallow back because you wow. can lose a lot of strength in your muscles after a stroke. And then also in pediatrics, I work with kids with feeding disorders. So it might be a kid that only eats like five foods because they're an extremely picky eater um, or a kid that's maybe had a GI tube and they're just getting back into um, mouth, like oral feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, I've been interested in food and feeding things, but I think my journey really took a different turn when I started to think about more of it in like our bodies, just as like typical run of the mill human beings, mm-hmm. so to say. Run of the mill. Run of the I mill. I wouldn't say you're a run of the mill, but come <laughs> on now. Well, and the other thing I should speak to is I work primarily with kids with ASD. Okay. Which and is autism spectrum disorder. Okay. So a lot of research is going on right now with diets and, you know, what kids are eating and how that might affect their behaviors. Um, and so a lot of parents are coming to us with questions like, what do you think about gluten-free? What do you think about casein-free? Have you noticed any kids that go dye-free and they've seen an improvement in behaviors? Hmm. So because of that, I also started taking a lot of continuing ed on different diet lifestyles for kids with autism. Interesting. And that got me going into, you know, the microbiome and gut health and how all those neurons are the second brain, as Seth had said on a previous podcast of yours. And so that really got me going on nutrition too. And that's when I found my passion for that as well. But it did stem a little bit from my clients and my speech job. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it just snowballed into everything else. So what does your diet look like now? So my diet now, well, I should backtrack with my diet a little bit because... Meat and potatoes. Yes. That's what I was raised on, which don't get me wrong. I love meat and potatoes. (laughs) So good. But about, you know... Five years ago, I would say my, I was about a year into an instructing. And you know, when you instruct, you're just surrounded by healthy people and everybody's talking about things that you might not necessarily know about. And so I just started getting really intrigued by nutrition. And so five years ago, I did my first Whole30. If you're not familiar with Whole30, it's a 30-day food reset um, where you're eating pretty much all whole foods. So lots of veggies, fruit, lean meats, seafood, and you're cutting out grains and dairy and added sugar. And it's it's a reset to kind of get back to the basics and see how your brain and body function on just real food. Mm-hmm. And so I did my first Whole30 five years ago and it changed my life. I just never ever felt that clear in my brain. I never had that great of bowel movements in my life. I was regular. <laughs> Um, so that's that was really inspiring. How to me. difficult was the whole thirty first time? The first time it was so hard because all my friends stopped doing it. Oh. <laughs> Everybody that signed up. So you had started up. out with a group. Yes, and then I was the only one that finished. Oh. <laughs> I was oh like, gosh. "Come on, guys!" 
Yeah. So, and it was hard because it changes the way Good you Good for you that you Thank took you. it all the way through. That's my rigidity. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, it changed the way I cook. It changed the ingredients I was buying in the store. Like I had never really paid attention to what I was eating. I just, I cooked, but it wasn't healthy stuff. So yeah, it just, it really gave me a new insight into what I'm putting into my body in a way that I'd never thought about it before. I think there was a day that we were all trying to get together and Mm -hmm. you had said, I'm just going to stay back because I can't like be around (laughs) all that stuff, which is like, you know, drinking and maybe food that you can't eat. And that's really hard. Well, and I've always been an overeater. I mean, it's been an issue my whole life. And so I have very low willpower when it comes to food. That's why I think more recently things have had to become black and white for me when it comes to food. And some people disagree with that and they can do moderation just fine. And I mean, kudos to them. That I would love to be able to do moderation just fine. But once I start in on something, I am like balls to the wall on it. <laughs> so I did want to kind of pick your brain about that too, is the drinking aspect. I yep. mean, that's a really hard one for me because particularly on the weekend, so how do you get over that yeah. or keep it in kind of moderation? Yeah, keep it in check. Um, it's still something that I'm working on personally. I've done five Whole30s now. Jeez. So that means five months yeah. where I have not drank a sip of alcohol, which that makes me sound like an alcoholic, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's, drinking is social. Try being pregnant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> wow. I've done nine. Oh, I've done... Uh, 18 whole 30s. Wow, you're crazy, girl. I bet you had some added sugar in there. What's that? I bet you had some added sugar in there. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, I think the drinking thing is so hard for me. Um, But one thing I've noticed is like drinking has sugar in it, right? So alcohol has sugar in it. Sugar is highly addictive. You start eating sugar, your brain tells you you need more of it, right? So people that are constantly craving carbs and sugar, well, yeah, it's addictive. Like it actually changes the chemicals in your brain to want it more. And so drinking's the exact same way, right? So you have a couple drinks and you feel pretty good. And then the next night you're like, oh, sure, I'd have another glass of wine. Or yeah, oh, we're doing book club. Sure, I'll take a couple glasses of wine. But if you cut it out for a while, you don't crave it anymore, which is crazy. Like I... You know, when I cut it out, I can go to a social gathering and be fine not drinking because I'm not craving it like I would if I was on a, a right. different diet that had more sugar in it. When you personal, my personal experience is when you finish a Whole30 or any nutrition reset, you feel so damn good that you don't want to, to go back to that place. Yes. And you don't even want to trigger it because you're just feeling alive. So if anything, it's really hard to go. And I, I would say that I've never truly gone all the way back to how I was in five years. I mean, it's definitely been a lifestyle change. But I think people that do it for the 30 days and they're like, yay, I did it. I lost 10 pounds. And now I'm going to go back. I mean, that defeats the whole purpose, right? Mm-hmm. It's about seeing how good you can feel and then bringing back in things that still make you feel good and keeping things out that don't make you feel good. And I think that's what has helped me now five years later to be like, okay, I know that doesn't make me feel good. I know that doesn't make me feel good. I know that makes me feel good. So I'm going to eat more of that. Mm -hmm. And just knowing yourself a little better. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you for (laughs) meals? For meals? Um, Well, I'll just tell you about today. Yeah. So this morning I had two eggs and a banana for breakfast 
For lunch, I have like a chicken and veggie stir fry with cauliflower rice. Did you make that yourself? Yeah. How labor intensive is that? It's the easiest weeknight meal to make. Really? Yes. We Joe and I probably make stir fry once a week. Okay. Because it's super quick. So what do you use for oil? Or- yeah. So I do sesame oil for the veggies and the okay. meat. And then I do, um, you could use coconut aminos if you're cutting out soy. Otherwise, you could use a low-sodium soy sauce is what I use. So coconut aminos, would that be like coconut oil or what's the difference? No, it's different. It's in the store as coconut aminos. And they're like these little, it's like a flavorful sauce that it replaces um it replaces soy sauce so a lot of people have gut issues with soy and so it it would replace that cool it's a very whole 30 thing anybody out there that's whole 30 and you're like (laughs) oh i know coconut aminos (laughs) 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 um so yeah i do that and then i do some red pepper flakes and i'm just like so excited now to eat it um oh yeah garlic veggies all that jazz and then i just put it on my big walk and you can buy cauliflower rice now steamable bags okay so you just pop that in the microwave steam it up is that what you have for That's, today yeah okay. definitely and okay. then you can make your own cauliflower rice too with your food processor yep. um but and then i don't always i don't think rice is bad i just think there's a time and a place when i want to carbo load a little then maybe i add rice but if i don't need to why not do cauliflower that's better for me anyway and mm-hmm. i can get more vitamins from it yep so yeah and then i just whip that all up and then i'll eat it all week Okay. And then yeah. what's for dinner? Dinner tonight. Joe is on dinner tonight. What <laughs> so are we having? Joe. Oh, Joe, what are we having? <laughs> um, no, I think we're doing grilled salmon, Ooh. asparagus, and fingerling potatoes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Potatoes are allowed? Uh, are potatoes in... are technically allowed on Whole30. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, they go more towards the sweet potato route, but okay. potatoes don't bug me, and I think they're delicious, yeah. and I'm okay eating them. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm not a hard and fast person. Do you have snacks in between? Yeah, I'll have like a handful of cashews this afternoon at work. Well, also, I mean, I'm training right now for Grandma's Marathon, okay. so I'm running a lot. Yeah. So I'm hungry a lot, and mm-hmm. I don't want to start eating crappy food just because I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. So I have to have my snacks at work. I have like raisins, cashews, I think that's almonds. That's what I have there right now. Carrots. And then I just keep that there because, yeah, so I do get hungry. So that's kind of how you control your overeating is bringing everything pre- Exactly. Yep. Because if I don't have anything there, I will eat the crap. I have no willpower to not. So one thing, especially now that I'm health coaching, one thing I'll always say is preparation is key. You will never, ever, ever make a lifestyle change with your diet unless you're ready to make a lifestyle change with being prepared. Because part of making a change is knowing that things will have to be different. And if things have to be different, then you have to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you, this is going to sound aggressive, but I can tell you every meal I'm going to eat this week until Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah. I do all my meal planning on Sunday night, all my grocery shopping, and I can tell you everything I'm going to eat from here on out. That might sound a little overwhelming for a lot of people. Totally. If they are wanting to make a change, sometimes that's what you have to do. Well, and I, when I'm aggressive, I get that. I like meal planning and I like cooking. But what I would say is if you can say what you're going to eat tomorrow and what you're going to do to move your body and what you're going to do for your wellness tomorrow, you're in a really good place, probably a better place than most Americans. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have no idea what tomorrow's going to look like and you're like, maybe I'll pick something up, I'll try to get a workout in, but I might want to go home. And yeah, I don't really have any alone time built in tomorrow. So I think I'll I'll just probably do happy hour. Like that's (laughs) not prepared, right? Like 
that would be awful for me. I would hate that feeling. <laughs> but I used to be like that. I mean, I used to pick up all my meals out. Do you still feel like you have fun? Hell like, yeah! With life? You're not like too you structured. You feel like you're yeah. Like yeah. Too, there's too much structure in my life, so I just can't have fun because I'm not drinking. I'm sticking to this diet, and if somebody yep. asks me to go to happy hour, I have to say no. I feel like I have a lot of fun, and I'm not perfect at these things either. I'm still going to go to happy hour on a whim, you know, if it works out in my schedule. And I'm still going to go out to dinner on the weekends with friends. And I mean, you know, our friendship group, we're a blast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So no, I definitely have fun and I love my life. Um, I think there is a constant balance and I shouldn't say this because I'm supposed to promote health and fitness, right? But there is a constant balance between like having fun and like making dumb choices sometimes Mm -hmm. and then like living this life as you know, a health coach and a person that's into wellness and all these things. Like it's, it, there is a balance. Yeah. Because sometimes I do want to have one too many glasses of wine Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Will I feel like crap the next day? Probably, but I'm going to accept that. You know, if it's a best friend's wedding, yeah, I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine. Right. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when you're listening to podcasts with um, people that are in the health and fitness world, there's a lot of people talking about how you feel like a fraud in some ways um, because you promote something that you truly, truly believe in. But then there's some days where like you're not Not doing that that, or you're having a piece of pizza or whatever. One thing I'm trying to accept within myself is that doesn't make me a fraud. It makes me real. Yeah. Because we're all real. I was going to say that I'm excited for you on the health coaching journey for Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people will be drawn to you because you're vulnerable. You're Mm -hmm. okay with being vulnerable and sharing your stories and things like this where, yeah, if I go on a weekend vacation, I am going to do that. And then you'll have that understanding in turn when a client comes to you and says, I'm having a rough time with XYZ, you'll say, I understand, and this is how we're going to work together on mm-hmm. that, you know? Yep, yep. So, that's, I mean, that's my hope. I'd rather be as real as possible to build that connection and be as honest as possible, mm-hmm. because otherwise then there's that superiority idea, and I am yeah. no more superior than anybody else in my life at all, at all. And so I just, I would hate for that to come across as I think that I'm better than, healthier than, more active than. It's like, no, this is just what works for me and yeah. I am not perfect. Yep. But I think that the things that have worked for me could really possibly work for other people too. Yeah. And I just want to spread the good word. So let's talk about health coaching. So when did this idea come to you? I would say I've been shaping the idea for a couple of years now. I didn't really know what health coaches were in my early days. What are they? People will say a variety of different things, but really what a health coach does is it's somebody that coaches an individual or group of people towards a better like wellness lifestyle. So you can be talking about, and most people think it's food, right? Most people think a health coach is there to help you lose weight, but that's just like one piece of it. It can be losing weight. It can be gaining weight. If you have a hard time gaining weight, it can be for people with like autoimmune issues and you're helping them with diet and lifestyle change. It can be for people that need stress reduction. Like I think back to my grad school days, I could have really used a health coach on stress reduction. That would have been really nice. (laughs) So yeah, it can be stress reduction, quitting smoking. A lot of people get health coaches for quitting smoking. It's all of these different areas that make you healthy. One of my favorite things I learned in my training and my certification was there was like a whole section on meditation and wellness. And I think a lot of people don't look to health coaches for that, but... That's absolutely what keeps you healthy. It's so many different parts. It's what you're putting in your body. It's how you move your body and it's how you work your brain and how you calm your brain. 
those all go together to make you healthier. So that's what health coaching is and like where I want to go with it. Okay. You thought of, a, of it a couple years ago. So why now? To be completely honest, I needed a bunch of CEUs. Those are continuing <laughs> yeah. education units uh, for my fitness certification. And I found out that becoming a health coach was like 30 some CEUs and I only needed 15. And I was like, ooh, I would enjoy that for one. And I felt like I was in a good point in my life where things were settled down, where I was kind of ready to do something more with Live Your Light. Mm -hmm. Your first client. Are you allowed Annie! to talk about? Hey, Annie, girl. Hey, Annie. Woo, woo. What kind of things can you talk about that you're working on? Not even in relation to Annie, but in health coaching in general, mm -hmm. the things that I'm finding that I'm really excited about are... First of all, like making all these products for people, like making okay, her shopping face lists. just lit up. I love making shopping lists. Woo! I love grocery shopping lists. <laughs> making those things like grocery shopping lists, meal plans, recipes. Like I did a pantry sweep sheet for Annie that oh, wow. shows like all the things to get rid of and all the things to keep. Okay. And I had so much fun making that. Like, so much fun. Holy shit. Yeah, and I like the How graphics. How do you know that she actually did it? Annie? Did you do it? Did you do it on Wednesday? We have our second consultation <laughs> I, I <think> tonight. <laughs> she should send us a picture so we know that it happened. <laughs> send me a pic of that pantry, girl. otherwise, she could just be sitting there eating donuts. She could Annie be. Donuts. I trust her. Okay. I trust you, Annie. If she's eating donuts, I'm going to be real pissed. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that's been really fun. And the graphics yeah. behind that is so exciting. Like, I love just making and formatting <laughs> all that stuff. Oh my gosh. It's, well, once you start with your, um, with your website, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty fun. Okay. You get to like be very, very creative, which I like. So now will some of this stuff, the pantry sweep, will you put that on Live Your Light? I don't know if I want to go that route. A lot of people do say you can sell certain products on your website, but I think for me, I'd rather work one-on-one -on -one with an individual because that shopping list might look different mm -hmm. if, let's say, you are vegetarian or let's say you can't eat soy or you can't do this. Like, I'd rather work one-on-one -on -one with a person and make a shopping list and a meal plan for them, okay. I think, than just selling what I already have. And I think that happens a lot. And people probably make pretty good money at it. Talk to me in five years when I want to make more yeah. money. Who knows? <laughs> but as for right now, I, I would much rather just work one-on-one -on -one with a person and make things for them. I mean, yeah. that's my big thing with hopefully how Live Your Light Health Coaching works is that I'm working with an individual and I make the program for them. I don't make them fit my program. Okay. Um and so I'm really hoping that's kind of like my little niche okay. that I can do that other health coaches maybe aren't doing because they are so busy. So what are some products or foods this year that you have gotten really excited about? There's not a ton of products that I necessarily gravitate towards because I really do. Have you heard of like perimeter shopping? Oh, Where just like shopping outside like, of the middle? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm a huge believer in perimeter shopping. and. Okay. We do like a CSA, a community shared oh, yeah. agriculture box. So we get a ton of veggies from that. Who is that through? It's through Community Homestead. It's a small farm in Wisconsin. Okay. And people that work there and volunteer there are adults with special needs. Oh my gosh. So just a plug for them, Community Good Homestead. Job. They're great. We support. We've been getting our CSA box from them for four years now. Where do you pick up your box? I pick mine up in Minnetonka. 
Really? Yeah, but they have spots all over the Twin Cities that you can pick up. Okay. Um, so you get produce and Yep, I get and veggies and from them. And then it's kind of nice. Joe grew up, my partner Joe grew up on a farm. And so we get some nice different meat products from his oh. parents. And like this year we split a hog with my dad. So we have like good meat products mm-hmm. and then you know we buy exactly fish. where they're coming from. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of nice to just be like, I'm stocked. You know, mm-hmm. I'm ready to cook. So you don't have to buy any produce beyond, or meat beyond what you get from the Not cow. really, unless it's fish. And okay. we're in the off season right now. The garden season hasn't started for the CSA, so I'm buying okay. my veggies at the store right now. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. As for products, like actual bought products, that would be hard. I am excited about the steamable cauliflower rice. <laughs> um, that's cool. Okay. Um, otherwise, I mean, I was a huge fan of Laura Bars during my really strict whole 30 times but mm-hmm. I will say they're full of natural sugar too so if you really want to like if your goal is to really lose weight you know you're not gonna want to eat those. six bar lower bars a day yeah like if somebody is just looking to start their health and wellness journey mm-hmm. is there any book or video or something that has inspired you yes that's one thing we I mean, yes, health and fitness and nutrition is huge, but the wellness side of things I've gotten so into. A couple years ago, I read a book by Tara Brock. Um, she has a podcast as well. Oh. And so she does like Dharma talks. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's it. got a podcast. But Shannon's is the best. <laughs> um, Thanks, girl. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, she has a podcast and they're either meditations or Dharma talks where she like talks about, you know just life things. Um, And she's got the most calming voice if you're looking for like a 10 to 20 minute meditation every week. Um, And then she wrote a book called Radical Acceptance. And every chapter is about accepting a different part of yourself and a different part of your environment. And it is powerful. Awesome. And then at the end of every chapter, there's a guided meditation you can do. Ooh, I think I'd really like this. Super good. Um, So I would say that's been, I've read it three times. Oh my gosh. I like reread it every year. And she's written a bunch of books, but that's the one I gravitated the most towards. Okay. And I think she's probably the first person I really listened to where I was like, I could get into this guided meditation stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a little too cheesy or hoaxy for me. Um, My good friend, Anne, kind of showed me her stuff and I got into doing one of her meditations every morning and then I just kind of spiraled from there and now I use have you heard of insight timer no it's a free app and it's has like a timer on there where you can do timed meditations but then it has like hundreds of thousands of guided meditations calming music dharma talks or like life talks it it has like everything you can imagine and it's all free okay and so i've gotten pretty into that too and it's neat because you can pick how much time you have so you can say i have zero to five minutes or five to (laughs) ten literally have 30 seconds yeah seriously like at work i'll go um downstairs in like one of our therapy rooms that isn't being used and i'll do like a 10 minute thing on there Mm -hmm. and then nobody else really knows because like i could be preparing for a client or like pooping or doing whatever and (laughs) I just go down and do my thing for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and it feels so good I do like mindfulness stuff all the time 
Like right when I walked into your house, I did like 30 seconds where I just followed my breath because I was like a little nervous. She needed to say to herself, oh, fuck, what have I gotten myself Why into? Why do I have to hang out with Shannon? Oh, I hate <laughs> hanging out with her. What is she going to say? Oh, God. No, it was more like, man, I might really suck. <laughs> you know, and even for me, there's still a little bit of nervousness around it, but it's kind of a natural instinct. Yeah. I mean, this is especially for you because it's new. It's like... You have to talk into a microphone. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But this is like what we do all the yeah. time, right? Is we talk like this to each yes. other. And so I, I, that's helpful. I like the catching up part because I haven't seen live in a while. And it's hard to even have those one-on-one conversations if we're in a group setting. So this is really totally. nice. The biggest thing for me is uh, a message of positivity. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what you bring to the table in, mm-hmm. in this relationship is, like I mentioned in the beginning, is that just glow that you have about you. So how do you keep that positive attitude throughout the day? I mean, I think the simple answer is I don't. (laughs) I mean, I definitely have ups and downs and I know that people would describe me as positive, but it's something I really work at. I work hard to be happy. And especially in these last couple of years through my journey through, you know, my journey with my therapist and discovering more about my anxiety and discovering more about like who I really am. It's easy to get down. It is so easy to be negative in our society these days. And it's easy to be negative on yourself. We are constantly comparing ourselves to everybody, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, that magazine you read, like we are never good enough. We're never good enough. And I feel that just like everybody else does. And it is a conscious effort that I do every day to try to be positive and be gracious and be thankful for the people in my life that model that back to me. It's a conscious effort and people maybe don't realize that because I come off as pretty happy. Um, You know, the close people in my life will see me at my lows and that's real, right? We have lows Mm -hmm. and things catch up with us. And instead of beating myself up about those things, then I just take that next day and I say, nope, it's a new start. You know, one thing that helps me and I've heard other people talking about this too. I think it's very fairly common, but it's one of those things that sounds good, but nobody's probably doing it, but I actually do it. <laughs> just simply saying three things at the start of your day that you feel like grateful for. Even if it's three people or three things, I just wake up and I say three things that I'm grateful for. And then another thing I do is three things that if I accomplish those things today, then I know I'm done a good, good. job. Yes. Because as the day goes, you know this, all of a sudden there's one more thing on your plate, one more thing on your plate. And what you set out to do that day might look completely different because all these other things have gotten in your way. Mm -hmm. And so I try to say, these are three things that if I do them today, I've done well. And that has been huge for my self-esteem because I'm busy. I know that everybody gives me shit for that, but... I gives you shit for being busy? Too busy. Or for saying... Olivia's too busy. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, you'd be too busy, too, if you had yeah. a lot of passions, okay? <laughs> I love a lot of things. But yeah, I'm busy. You know, I technically have, like, two or three jobs, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And I am very social, and I'm involved with my family. And so I, I just, I have to put things into perspective and say, if I complete X, Y, and Z today, I'm rocking it. Mm-hmm. And that helps me, at the end of the day, to feel proud. Yeah. It's really easy to not feel proud at the end of the day if you didn't set out with an expectation for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But so what happens if you don't meet those three? You're just very careful about what you choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So brush teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Wash brush hair. teeth. Uh, pet my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Done. What a successful no, day. I mean, seriously, though, my three for today are have fun doing this with you. 
Yay. Running five. Already done. Already Tag. done. <laughs> Run five miles for my training. That's already been done. And that's already done. Oh. And then my third thing is I have a client that I'm working through some stuff with this afternoon. And I really want to have a session, a good session with him. So if I can feel like I had a good session with him, my three things are done. Awesome. Yeah. And do you journal at all? I would say I journaled more during grad school when things were really hard. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that I come back to journaling when I'm really struggling. And I, I need to, I would love to do it more. I okay. really would. Um, but when things are really tough, I journal. And I've learned one thing. Don't go back and read it. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> depressing. You just go through the journal and burn, like, yeah. all those Yeah. like, that's so depressing. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because... I did a ton of journaling so much so that I have a full bin of mm-hmm, journals, mm-hmm. but I have gone through them and it is, it's really bad. And I don't know why I'm holding on to them. Like maybe one day I'll feel differently about reading through those things and feeling okay about yeah. them. But I mean, I still have I all mine burn too. Them. That's <laughs> we probably can, like, we can have a burn night. Let's burn our diaries. <laughs> sometimes though, I'm like super nostalgic and I have a lot of feelings. And sometimes I worry that if I get rid of those, I will forget how far I've come. Yeah. Sometimes that's it's good to remember. Good perspective. It's really good for me to remember how far I've come. I have a long way to go. I mean, I'm young. I know this is the beginning of my journey and I have a long way to go, but damn. Are you still in your was, 20s? Yes, I'm turning 30. Oh man. This summer. Do you feel like your 30s are going to be your best decade? Hell yeah! yeah. I'm really Good. excited about it, actually. I feel cool. like this is the calmest I've been in my life. And wow. That's saying a lot, too, for, like you said, as busy as you are. Yeah, but internally, I feel like this is probably the calmest I've been, and I think part of that is age, and I think 30s will only be better. I, I mean, I'm still young, and there's still so much I don't know, um, but... And especially in regards to my passions, but I know what I love. And to be 29 and know what you really love, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to meet new people in my 30s and hopefully, like, even just listening to your podcast, I'm like, I got to get together with these people she's interviewing (laughs) because they're people I want to learn from. They're all very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope my 30 brings more mentors and more experiences and... I'm just ready to get to know myself even better. Yeah. For health coaching, what can people expect to get from you if Mm -hmm. they become a client? Yeah, I would say um, as I'm developing things, like I'm very new to this, um, which I know you probably shouldn't say because you're supposed to say how great you are, but I'm new, (laughs) you guys. I have tons of experience. I don't know what I'm doing, but I love it. (laughs) If you want a health coach that loves what she does, I'm your person. Um, so what I'm thinking in my biggest platform right now is that one-to-one coaching. There's a lot of Facebook coaching where you can be in groups and you're working with other people. And I definitely think there's a time and a place for that, but I don't know if that's where my priorities lie. I think I'm really good one-on-one with people and diving into what they need. So my hope is as a health coach, I would like to make the program as specific to you as a person as I can. So it's not just going to be here's your grocery list, here's your meal plan, let's get you to lose 10 pounds. It's going to be, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds. Well, tell me more about that. What do you think will change after you lose 10 pounds? What do you hope to gain from losing weight? Oh, wait, how many things do you do during the week? Oh, let's talk about your lifestyle. How many social events do you do during the week? How many hours do you work? Oh, how active are you? What do you consider active? You know, I want to know about every part of their life Mm -hmm. because all of that plays a role into making a lifestyle change. And you're not going to change something unless all of those things are taken into account. 
Um, so my hope is that I'm able to go one-on-one -on -one and be very specific with that client and dive into all these areas that might need to change or might need to stay the same. Yeah. Like, hey, you're really good at taking time for yourself. Don't lose that during this journey. You're going to need that as things get tougher. Mm -hmm. And so just I want to know them and be like not only their health coach, but like their partner in it. Yeah. So that's my goal. I'm planning to hopefully take on, so Annie's my first client and mm -hmm. I'm planning to take on more clients come summer once I've gotten okay. a three month program in with her. Okay. Um, and so you can email me. It's Olivia at liveyourlight.com. Once again, L-I-V, yourlight.com. And you can also go to my website, www.liveyourlight.com. You can follow me on Instagram, live underscore your underscore light. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you are looking for a daily motivation, add your meditation plus Liv's Instagram yeah. page. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for doing this. Was there anything else that you wanted to add or say? I don't know if I have anything else to add. You know, these things are very vulnerable. <laughs> and you kind of go back in your head and think about what you said and hope that it's okay. But I think if anything, it's like I've learned so much about myself and I can't wait to keep learning. And anybody that's listening to this podcast obviously wants to know about more about themselves too. Mm -hmm. So I say if we're all fighting this journey together and like, yeah, let's yeah. find out about ourselves. Let's know ourselves. Let's sit with ourselves. This world could probably be a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, so if anything, I think if you're listening to this podcast, then you're taking time to learn. Yeah. And um, that's pretty beautiful. We're all on a journey and it's about self-discovery. And mm -hmm. by doing this with Liv and learning more about myself and like how I can change some maybe habits that I have that aren't the best mm -hmm. and and continuing the relationship too. Heck yeah. Your relationships are so important. Oh yeah. So surround yourself with good people and Liv definitely does. You know, Shannon had emailed me a couple questions before and one of them was who are your mentors? Oh yeah. And I had a hard time with that. I couldn't, you know, like I read a bunch of books like Tara Brock and um, Brene Brown. Obviously, I read, you have I her read book all her in stuff. Your I bag. have her book in my bag. That's why <laughs> I looked at my bag. Um, wilderness or what is Dare, She has a new one, but the one I have right now is Daring Greatly. Oh, okay. And then her one that's um, like The Gifts of Imperfection. So oh. good. Oh, so wow. good. It's okay. really little. It's a little. Okay. It's an easy read. Um, but yeah, you know, you have all of these people you read and they're your mentors, but I think the people that are like truly Olivia Mathis's mentors are my friends. Like, whoa, we have some smart, intelligent, super interesting friends. Mm -hmm. And it really does say a lot about who we surround ourselves by. I mean, look at, I'm doing a podcast with one of my friends <laughs> about something that means so much to us. Like this is rare. Mm -hmm. This is rare. And my friends are my mentors. I learned so much from them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think relationship is huge to me, and I always get the quote from people, oh, you have too many friends. Oh. Really? So I have too many people in my life wow. that are awesome? <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do have too many friends, but they're amazing people, and they make me who I am. So, yeah, I surround myself with really good people, and that has made all the difference in my life. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for doing this. Don't forget to um, visit Liv's website, liveyourlight.com, Instagram page, and check I'm, out her health coaching information. Yes, absolutely. I'm on Facebook too. Yeah, yep. Facebook. Live, live Your Light on Facebook if you want to follow me. But um, yeah, more to come on the health coaching. I'm excited yes. so to get that ball rolling. We'll do another podcast uh a little bit later on and just see how things have progressed. Yeah. All Either right. I'm going to blow up in flames or it's going to be great. I'll keep you posted, guys. Either, either way, we'll do it again. Either way. What we'll do it again. All right. Love you. Oh, thanks, Shannon. 
So there you have it. You can just hear the energy that Olivia exudes in her voice. It flows like honey. She's such a beautiful person inside and out, and I'm so lucky to call her a friend. She shows up to serve people rather than to serve her ego, and her support and confidence in me has allowed me to achieve things I never thought possible. And she's been endlessly generous with her time, and she's a wonderful reminder to treat others the way you would like to be treated. So I try to take that energy and positivity and spread it around in hopes that I will then become surrounded by more positive people. She's one of those people that you try to rub elbows with literally to see if some of that positivity will just rub back off on you. Thanks to Olivia and this podcast, I started writing down three goals for each day and I take it a step further with three stretch goals. Olivia reminds us that happiness is a conscious choice. It might take a bit of work, but if you begin or end your day by thinking of or writing down three things that you're grateful for, it will help you reset. I also just ordered my copy of Tara Brock's Radical Acceptance, and I'm excited to get into more of a meditative practice. Grab some cauliflower rice, find a CSA so you know where all of your produce comes from and support a good cause, and check out liveyourlight.com if you want Olivia's light in your life as a health coach or virtual empowerment to be the best version of yourself. Till next time. DJ Spin in the house.